Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars with regards to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the fine folks at Double Exposure and their leading game design convention, Metatopia, from which all of these panels were recorded at Metatopia 2017. It's also thanks to the generous contributions of the panel speakers. Now let's get to the show. Episode 169, Positive Aesthetic, Sexy Times Discussion. Presented by Whitney Delagio and Brand Robbins. So this is going to be the uh, fun sexy times using positive aesthetics to reinforce safe and fun sex in games. If anybody's in the wrong room, please feel free to let, leave now because there are going to be lots of jokes about blue banana sex. Okay, awesome. Okay, welcome everybody to... John Animus is a dirty liar. John Animus is a dirty liar. That is how we will uh, start our panel on positive and sexy fun times. He said he, he said he clears his entire eating schedule to come to this panel. Oh, and I'm like, we don't know. There could be all sorts of things going on. He could be in a play test that's running long. He's not realized the time. He could be on fire. Anything else is pretty much not a legitimate excuse. Right, did you set somebody on fire again? Your shirt has fire on it. That's not what that That's chaotic. <laughs> this is chaotic evil. Chaotic evil? I can't see the evil. He has all of them. Everyone I like the neutral evil and the evolved evil. Anyway, tangent. So what we're going to be talking about tonight, and we're obviously going to be a little bit less um, formal and structured than many of the other panels, um, and I have already warned for the two of you that just joined in the back who I do not know in any way, shape, or form, there's going to be all sorts of jokes about lube and anal sex. So if this is <laughs> okay, so uh, one of the reasons that we're doing this panel is that there, we've, both Whitney and I, we've been talking about this actually for a little bit, um, and we've noticed a certain tendency in, especially in indie games and in LARPs, where we've been having an increased focus on and ability to talk about sex and sexuality in games. But often because we're going through the feels or something, we have a tendency to focus on negative emotionality and on sex uh, as coercive, or about uh, exploring the negative sides of sex and sexuality. Or even in games such as Monster Hearts, which is an amazing, wonderful game, uh, often sex ends up being kind of dark and harmful and an expression of, of monstrosity and alienation. And anytime we get too much of a single narrative, we need to look at alternatives, if there might be ways to do it other ways, because sex in real life is not always painful and horrible, at least so I've been told. And so, one of the ways that... <laughs> for everyone listening on the internet, my wife is in the back of the room right now flipping me off. Um, and so, one of the ways we, we wanted to talk about doing this is because Whitney is an artist, is to talk about how we can use aesthetics and presentation and tone, um, both in publication and in game, in play, in order to focus on sex being more fun and sexy. So I'm Brian Robbins, and after I give this big spiel, I'm actually not going to be talking a lot because I am neither an artist nor an expert on this subject. <laughs> Whitney is going to be our leader. I'm just helping her get stuff uh, set up. I don't know. You sound pretty impressive. I mean, you could probably do this by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I could sound real good, but then I'm going to get up here and I'm going to be like, okay, so let me, let me show how you use proportionality in order to demonstrate that sex is consensual and fun. 
Snack figures? <laughs> well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do much better because I'm not gonna draw like full blown porn on the drives of the race board. Okay. So we're thinking that probably what we're gonna do is Whitney's gonna talk a little bit um, about some of the some of the issues that she has been that we've been talking about that we've been brainstorming and yeah. uh, give some demonstration about uh, the use of aesthetics to convey tone. And then I think we're gonna open this up fairly early to more of a conversation because. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the two of us to talk at the five of you <laughs> when I know most of you and you're also intelligent people who might have thoughts on this, this, con this topic. So without further ado, Whitney, would you start by introducing yourself and maybe talking a little bit about PRISM okay. and uh, how your work and thought about that has led you into this topic? Okay. Um, forgive me for facing away from you as I introduce myself. I'm just starting on a warm-up picture to, keep, to like cool my nerves. Uh, my name is Whitney Delaglio. I am an artist and I am a game designer. I have been spending five years working on Prism, which is a role-playing game about conflict resolution and relationships. And while you can have negative relationships in the game, I encourage everyone to have happy, positive ones. And one of the reasons why I made this game is in a lot of, in a lot of situations, um, relationships in RPGs are very... Um, not give and take and more like take and take. So I wanted to make an opportunity for there to be games where it's like, I want to support you and give you a hug or I want to support you and spoon you. And that is what I'm looking for. And so I was like, I want to make a game that I want to play. And, and thus I started working on Prism. So one thing that I find that is most important is if you're playing a LARP or a um, role playing game where there is going to be intimacy and not necessarily sexual, does not have to involve doing a no pants dance or getting anyone knocked up or anyone using a condom, <laughs> is that you please, please, please set boundaries first. You don't have to discuss everything. You can discuss as you go, but if the other person is not interested in having sex with you or being intimate with you in game, stop right there and do not continue any further. So can I ask questions as we go? Uh, of course. What does that conversation look like? like? Have you had one of those recently that went well? Uh, yes, I often used to do it when I did play-by-post, and I basically started off with, okay, usually we're okay with this part where they're like, okay, we make out, we're using our tongues, we're spooning, we're taking each other's shirts off, but then we get to the part where it's sexy times, so like, okay, um, they might be like, okay, is this gonna involve unconsensual sex, or is this gonna be involving kinks? If so, what kind of kinks? Are you into biting? Is spanking okay? Is um, biting okay? And situations like that. And you basically continue that conversation until you've reached a um, consensus on what you're both comfortable with. Okay, so that was in uh, text-based medium? Yes. Uh, synchronous or asynchronous? I don't know what that means. Okay, so was was this like going on while you were it's talking live to each other that. in chat? Yeah, like chat or email? Chat uh, or email. Both. Both. Awesome. Yes. So when you do it like face to face, tabletop, LARP, or LARP, are you that detailed? Um, I haven't really had to be because I'm usually playing with friends, and by that time we already know each other very well. But if it was someone I didn't know, we'd probably have that conversation. Uh, I yep. feel like Brad needs to come over here because we occasionally need to script a video of what's happening on the whiteboard. Okay, <laughs> I should go back here and describe the videos. Um, <laughs> Brand with a strap on. Okay, so yeah, there's there's a dude with a strap on on his face. It's right you. Now. It's me. Okay, I am on the board right now in anime form with a strap on. on it's my a board. dragonborn strap on. It's a dragonborn strap on. Dragonborn. I would dragonborn. dragonborn. I would just like everybody on the internet that knows me right now to picture me in anime form with a dragonborn strap on on my head. And then deal with that thing. I'm sorry for the rest of you that are never going to sleep again. 
just an icebreaker. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, I now that we're I got that out of, out of my system, because I've been wanting to draw that since the panel <laughs> came to be. Is um, artwork-wise, um, after if you want to set a positive tone, a good thing to do is include smiles. So um, I'm just going to include. Oh, I'm just gonna make this pretty rough because I'm not gonna do like full blown form. Because I, I, I know, I, while I know some of you are awesome people, I'm not going to assume you're okay with super detailed sex. So that, and I don't feel like drawing it. So, um, and just because we were just talking about having conversations, is everybody here okay with like me with a dragonborn strap on on my head? Like, it's a, not really, but mostly okay. It's already happened, so now we're all okay. I, I'm sorry. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna X-card John before that conversation goes any farther. <laughs> so, are, are like we're, we're all good with cartoon sex? Yep. Okay, excellent. Because cartoon sex is happening in front of us. Uh, descriptive video. Whitney is drawing people having cartoon sex, and they are smiling. Yes. Okay. So, um. I had this conversation with someone during the panel about like, well, why wouldn't you smile when you're having sex? And my answer was, I don't know what my face is doing when I'm having sex. <laughs> what, do, you know, do you know what your face is doing when you're having sex? I'm pretty sure when I'm having sex, the last thing I'm thinking about is, oh my God, what is my face doing? But I know if you are drawing sex, it is a good implication if they're smiling that is like, yes, I'm enjoying this. Um, I have read like some art books where a relaxed look is also um, portrays like that they are mutual, but again, I don't think I, I, I'm not quite sure. But I'm I'm just going with smiles because that's what I know. It's one of the crazy things about porn. Yeah, porn doesn't have people looking like they're enjoying sex. They look like it's painful or power oriented. Yeah, which you know it's one thing, but there's never anybody who's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm happy about the sex. Yeah. So, so what do you mean by a relaxed look? Like um, I'm seeing this. Like right now, we we've, we've got two people doing it doggy style on the board. But they're, they're and then they're both smiling. They both look happy. Yeah. Um, when you say relaxed look, what are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> yes. So Whitney has just drawn on the board uh, an image of the Buddha having his endless inner orgasm. <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, so, and, yeah, so, um, what I, so, going back to the smiling thing, I like to, um, what I like to do for, um, more rough, aggressive, or kinky sex, what that involves biting or, or spanking or whatever, is that it's like a, ang not, not angry, happy face, but like aggressive, angry face, like feral, like, you know, two werewolves going at it, it's like, you both enjoy it, but like, oh, it hurts so good! Yes, uh, kind of like that. Okay, so another thing I want to cover art-wise before we go into tone is sexualization because as we both know, and I, Mo and I talked about briefly about, it was, but it was not, that's more of like a plus size issue is a lot of times if it's a singular sexy thing, it's very like, you should take this, it's right here, go ahead. But what I'd like to do is make it more of a confident thing. So we'll just do a, a typical over-the-shoulder winky face. We'll make that more realistic because an over-the-shoulder winky face on that would look stupid. Over-the-shoulder. So we'll get some freaking awesome curly 
the bow. Because bows are high. Bows are super high. <laughs> and usually it's like, let's give her some cute eyes. Farting the crew draw, I'm just trying to draw quickly to save time. It's usually like, oh, I'm so sexy, look at me. Friends. Uh, description video. Whitney is uh, drawing an attractive androgynous figure with amazing hair and a bow, giving you a sexy, confident look over the shoulder. So, is this uh, a way of demonstrating uh, our subject as a subject with confidence and self-expression instead of as uh, an objectified sexy lamp? Yes. Does everybody here know about the sexy lamp? Okay, so there's, there's this uh, uh, concept that's uh, put around in uh, lots of internet uh, and feminist circles that's called the sexy lamp, that it's often referred to in terms of a plot device, but it also can work in terms of art. If your subject, your female character especially, it's often bad with women, sometimes done to men too, but it's usually with women, could be replaced by a sexy lamp. Chances are you haven't drawn a character, you have drawn a sex object. But a good way to just gauge that, but even if you're gaming, is if I were this character, like if it was just a regular, like I'm so hot, like um, what's like more of a pinup Betty Boop, like surprise eyebrows, like oh did I lose my top? Um, <laughs> that <laughs> um, that does not look like a confident person. That looks like someone that's just gonna get banged and probably may or may not even enjoy it. If we go back to the other phase... Uh, descriptive video, she took off the like funky, kinky eyebrows and the confident smirk on the mouth and replaced it with kind of... Um, old school pinup. Yeah, old school pinup and kind of eerily childish. Yeah. So if we go back to the other phase, if you can even look at yourself like, do you want to have sex? Because I want to have sex. So we should both have sex. It's a consensual... It also looks consensually like, I am hot, you are hot, we should both have sex. End of story. Okay, um, that, so, sorry. Is there anything about it, like, like, as an artist, where are you thinking about the emphasis going as you're doing this, like? Emphasis? Emphasis, like, what's, what's important? Because you talked about the eyebrows, yeah. you talked about the eyes and the mouth. Well, whenever I'm drawing, um, I usually start with the head, as you, as you can see, and I just imagine if the, the expression I focus on is, is the expression of what if they were looking at someone else. So when I draw all my pinups for my characters, I imagine they were looking at someone else when I'm drawing them. Do you imagine who they're looking at? Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But yeah, usually it, it would be a significant other or something or someone they're interested in doing the no pants dance with, or if they're trying to impress somebody because you can use every skill to seduce in prism. Her hair is starting to come out really cool. Can you give us some context for prism? Prism. What what is prism? Oh. It, it really doesn't know. Oh, sorry. Um, Prism is a role-playing game about, um, an aquatic role-playing game about conflict resolution and relationships. And um, one feature about the game is that every skill can be used to seduce. And um, most of the, uh, a lot of the core mechanics is based on what kind of relationship you have with the other person. So it can be codependent, it can be happily married, it can be brother and sister, it can be estranged relatives. But, um, and a lot of the ways you um, take care of yourself in game is um, some spending time with someone else. So if you're dealing with emotional stress, you hang out with them, maybe cuddle with them, or watch a movie with them, see theater with them. 
and um, the. So I know you. Oh, yes. sorry. Question. Sorry, I just directly related. What's yeah. an unusual skill that's in the game that you use to seduce? Um, well, for example, might is the skill you use for grappling, moving, pushing, and you can use that to be like, check out two tickets to the gun show. Um, insight is more like your, um, if you're in deity's pers uh, perspective, wisdom and intelligence, you'd be like, I'm going to use my insight to figure out what what gives them a boner or makes their their um, ovaries explode. <laughs> so those, those are two, two examples I could go on if, if need be. So I have a question. When you were talking about the game, you were talking about how there can be all sorts of different relationships. Yes. Have you found players, I know you've been playtesting this game for years now. Um, are players, have players proven reluctant to have sex in game, especially like positive sex, or have players more embraced it as you've gone? Um, some people have had sex, but they're mostly people that came into the game wanting to have sex. <laughs> but it's always, it's always been positive sex, though. Right. Like, no, say a little bit more about that, though, like about people coming into the game wanting to have sex. Well, I, uh, you contextualize that. Last Minutopia, someone who uh, I will not name just in case that basically came to me like, wait, you can't want to have sex in your game. <laughs> and so uh, she she played a character that was had a crush on a sh on a a shark merman. Actually, no, it was a shark eel. It was an electric electric eel. And they went to a very classy uh, pay by the hour hotel and totally did it. And they ended up hooking up. And he gave her really pretty jewelry because he works for a jewelry company or he, his his family owns one. So and another time where the game was still a baby where another friend that will not be named um, hit on a leopard seal and they went to a spa and like, oh, I'm going to have sex in the spa. I'm like, okay, you're having sex in the spa. So. Okay, so this is fabulous. <laughs> Thank you for the anecdotes. <laughs> My mind is going to be full of images now that will match the images everybody else is having of me with the dragonborn strap-on on my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's funny because, and I, I agreed with you when you were like, I'm like, I, I was about to say, please don't say their name oh, yeah, just no, in no, case no. they're not okay with it. Yeah. But like, Right there, I think there's a thing. Like, I think it's far more, more, more frequent than we think, or people would like it to be more frequent than we think. That people come to games thinking, I'd, I'd like to have sex, or I'd like to have romance, or I'd like to have a positive relationship in a game. But as soon as we start talking about it, all of a sudden, even in me, who's like, I'm a pretty open guy about stuff like this, my first response is, Yeah, but don't say their name, because, because, because there's all this, there's all this stigma around it. So like. Why do you think that more people don't like ever just say straight up before a game, you know, I'd like to have sex in this game, I'd like to have a romance in this game? Um, I really don't know because um, as I've told you before, I'm horrified of real life sex, but in game I explore it all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> Brand's wife knows this. So um, those are my reasons. I don't know what other reasons there other reasons they may have. Is there anybody in the audience that has any ideas about this? Go ahead, man. Oh, sorry. Uh, if you want to say your name, I would like to know. You don't have to put yourself on the record, though, talking about you know what? Let's keep the theme going. Yes. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so random stranger from the crowd. Okay. Well, I have some thoughts about why I personally try doing that sort of thing when I'm in a game, especially with people I don't know, and also thoughts on I, what I imagine is a more general case. Yeah. Um, they're actually kind of connected. 
the reason that I don't normally bring that up is either I'm not comfortable doing that kind of role play with the individual who's running the game because I don't know them very well, or sometimes I know them too well, um, or I am worried that I will make somebody else uncomfortable, yeah. especially if it's the GM. Yeah. And this ties into, I don't have any numbers on this, so please do not take this as any kind of statistic or actual fact, but from many an anecdote that I've heard over the years, I there seems to be this notion that a lot of certain kinds of game spaces shy away from having in-character romance because there's a history of people attempting to use in-character romance to hit on somebody out of character, especially when they don't want that oh, to happen. Oh, that's gross! And I think a reaction that's happened to that is, at least as far as I can see, people want to avoid doing this because I think it would be interesting to play this character that's having this relationship, but I don't want to squick out the GM. Or the other players. Or the other players. I think there's a need to reclaim that. Because first, I just want to acknowledge that, like, and that's, yes, very much so, very much so. And uh, I remember the very first time I introduced that game, there was a general, like, game where we hadn't really talked about it beforehand, and not, like, uh, we just sprung it on them, if you don't do that, but uh, where it's like, is there sex involved in this? And that question was kind of this hanging question at the table where everybody kind of looked panicked. Um, I think there's a thing to reclaim that, where I don't this whole spectrum of human or murder person life uh, in the course of the, of the kind of games that we do. And uh, why is it that uh, we can talk about their most violent moments, but we can't talk about their most intimate, uh, connected moments? And one of the things that um, I think is a little bit of a crossover is that this also occurs to me this is a place where safety culture is needed because when people feel safe and when they feel protected and when we feel both safe expressing without being hurting other people and being expressing without being hurt or judged in return, we get a lot more people that might be willing to try it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the places where aesthetics comes in because I've been lucky enough that I've seen some of the, like, the preview art for Prism and some of the stuff that Whitney's uh, been working on it. And when you see a game, like if on the cover of a game that you are going to be playing. There's a picture of a sexy androgynous mer person doing a stripper dance with an octopus. <laughs> when you come to that game, do you think you could feel maybe just a little less awkward about expressing the idea you might want to have a romantic or sexual encounter in character in the game? That's not going to be 100%. I'm not saying you're just going to like see this picture and instantly be like, oh yes, this is 100% safe and good. But as part of the conversation and as part of the community building, I think we often respond to images. We gain our understanding through the things that we're presented, through the things that we're seeing. And when you see right now, while I'm talking about this, Whitney on the board is drawing this lovely image of two eel people, eel people? Good enough. Eel people cuddling each other in this kind of warm, loving embrace. Um, and long story short, I have often said that safety begins with the game description. When you write what your game is going to be about, when it goes up on the big board, people should be able to read that and have some idea of what's coming. It is possible that very recently, 
I pretended to be a gay man in the 1980s in the woods in northern Michigan and had, um, huh? In Minnesota. I don't think the state is what everybody's going to remember about this story. And uh, pretend and had simulated gay sex with multiple people that are in the room right now. One of them was not me, which is unfortunate. Uh, yes, we gotta come in the back. Whitney, do you think that visuals in print media can work like content warnings? I believe so, yes. Can you say a little bit more about that? Um, okay, so um, when I was a baby out of college, okay, not a literal baby, when I was young and fresh out of college, I was still in my 20s and I was in that, I know exactly what I'm doing, I just graduated, I have a bachelor's degree, you know, fuck off, I know what I'm doing. And my portfolio was full, of, like for instance, one of my portfolio pieces was a naked Eve with a snake, all, with a um, apple branch all tangled up in her hair with a snake wrapped around her and she was like seductively eating an apple. And my mom told me, you're not getting jobs because you have that in your portfolio. And I said, but mom, it's just a naked body. People look at their naked bodies before they shower. Why is it a big deal? And she said, it's inappropriate, Whitney, and that's why you're not ever going to get a job. Fast forward about, I get, uh, oh God, has it been a, not quite a decade, I'm not that old yet. I've learned my Don't lesson. Don't think about how long it is. Yes. I've learned my lesson and my portfolio is a lot more tame, but I do believe that um, artwork can create a tone from that example. So when I posted, um, started posting um, artwork for Prism on social media, I made sure to include the stuff where I, you know, put characters in a baby doll. I was like, if you don't like this shit, you should just probably back out now because I'm not changing it for you because this is what my game's about. And so another thing I want to do is um, in my game is I. Uh, uh, and this is uh, um, text in the game actually, is I want to, inc I included a blurb that I try to be very unsoapboxy about, basically saying, if you are a sex worker or an exotic dancer, no one, sh no one cares. Like, you, you are about as legitimate as someone who um, is a butcher or a fisherman or a blacksmith. And that is never supposed to be a point of content, uh, of conflict. Your sexuality is not a point of content. Um, if you are a woman and you date another woman, that's fine, no one cares. If you're a man and you wear a dress, they might make a comment about your shoes not matching your dress, but they're not gonna care that you wear a dress. And I don't know why I keep drawing all my characters with curly hair, but lots of games don't have girls with people, anyone with curly hair, and it pisses me off. Okay. So, yes. Video? Two things, first, brand descriptive video. Brittany <laughs> has drawn on the stage a lovely kind of strong-bodied, slender, androgynous figure with fabulous long curly hair doing a pole dance. Second question, Whitney, you were just talking about how in this game, in Prism, it is specifically part of the setting and the rules that being a sex worker is just the same as being a blacksmith. That being a guy wearing a dress, the only comment you're going to get is, oh, honey, those shoes. Really? <laughs> Why was that important to you? Um, because it's important to me in real life because I, and I, I talked about this with a friend that is not within the community, so I will especially not mention her name, is that um, a lot of sex and intimacy in games is talking about social commentary like the AIDS epidemic or being confused about being a teenager and it's, it, it's and a lot of people are like oh it's so inclusive it's so it's so inclusive I'm like I am hurt that we have to live in a society where games have to um, 
advertise inclusement, and I would really like there to be a point in time where it doesn't need to be. So that's why I made it. That's why I made a game where it, it, it's not an issue. So I want there to be like a point where you have a movie and the two and the, and the protagonist is a is a man in love with another man. No one says, "Oh my gosh, a movie that's homosexual." It's like, "Oh, it's a romance. It's a it's a it's a it's a spaghetti western rom com. That's awesome." <laughs> and that is why I included that in Prism. And uh, that goes with the concept that there's actually been a lot of uh, development in uh, psychology and social sciences about recently that. Um, Fantasies and literary interactions, it's mostly been studies in literature rather than art. Apologies, once again, I'm not an artist. Um, talk about uh, methods of engagement uh, with fictive material, and there is a, a large draw of body uh, towards, um, my brain just went blank. Aristotle, when you reach the end of the tragedy, you would say in catharsis, that is, when you have things that are negative in your life, sometimes you want to be able to have an experience that purges those from you. I think that's where a lot of the draw for the negative parts of our games, like exploring the dark content comes from. But there's also an equally strong draw that uh, actually affects serotonin levels and can actually make people happier in real life, so it's not zero value. And what is traditionally often dismissed as escapism, where it's, I want to already live in a world in which this fight is won. I don't want to have to fight the same fight that I fight every day in my damn life every time I play a game. I just want to be able to play a game in which I can be the guy that wears the dress that doesn't match my damn shoes and have the fabulous curly hair and make the winky pouty face and apparently have the dragonborn dildo on my forehead <laughs> and that's going to be okay. Yes. And is that kind of where you were going? Yes. You just you want it to be okay. And do you think though that that's still a political statement? Did you mean it to be a look, okay, let me ask it this way. Did you mean it to be a political statement? Um, not really, because I didn't want to be like so boxy or preachy. It's just what I wanted. I w I'm not asking every, every everyone else to follow with me. It's just what I particularly wanted, because I can't make anyone do anything. So it's like Prism was like, this is what I want in a game. So there's my game. I like I tried to make it as non so boxy as possible, because I know there are some rule content where I feel like they're like stepping onto the box and like wagging a finger at you, and that's not what I wanted at all. So. You just wanted to be able to do your thing. Yeah, do my thing. And the great indie publication style. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. So you'd said, after art, you wanted to get to tone. Yes. That's OK. You want me to just ramble on endlessly about like philosophy and the history of Western literature and gay sex in the woods and um, Why don't we open, do a couple and of questions? Right. OK. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I was trying to do the anal sex, then you ended up with these questions. Because what I was saying about the gay sex in the woods is the reason that it was okay is it was well advertised. Everyone that showed up for this game knew that it was a game about the AIDS epidemic. We knew what we were signing up for. Everybody got there, and then there were entire systems and mechanics for safety, for consent, for negotiation, to bring you into character, to bring you out of character. And I have a very good and wise friend who has often said, the only time I haven't felt safe in a LARP is when it was a LARP that didn't have any safety. When there was no lead in, when there was no lead out, when there was no debrief, when there was no safety mechanics. Wow, so I think. Me. No, you're not supposed to take credit for it. I was just talking about how awesome this person was. I'm sorry. No, it's awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> um, and once again, I think that this art, along with tone, along with warning, along with talking about it openly and not being ashamed to talk about it and just do your thing, is, is a large part of how we start part of the process of making it safe. 
So that's me. Does anybody have any questions for Whitney about her fabulous art or about how she uses art to try and promote positive, sexy, fun times? Yes. yes, over there, random stranger from the crowd. Uh, actually, going back to what you were saying before about avoiding that older uh, pinup uh, look uh, that, to paraphrase, isn't about like the self-assured, uh, confident, very much into it. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this uh, question well. Oh, um, what are your thoughts about uh, the place of um, emotional vulnerability in uh, art about uh, human sexuality, and where does that then cross over back into objectification? Um, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I think maybe I do a little bit. Like, so you talked about like confidence, you talked about happiness, like using smiles to show that it's consensual. What about places where it's positive, but maybe uh, positive not just in happiness and consensuality, but positive in the consensuality of being vulnerable together? Like, yes. like being very open. And I think it maybe leaned a little bit towards what you were talking about. Oh, and I've lost it. You talked about peaceful face or? Oh yeah, yeah. Or um, what I also like to do in, because um, most of my work is static, is eye contact. Because again, when you're having sex, you're not really, you're not really in control of what your face is doing, but I, Know that I that eye contact even when you're not having sex is important. So I think emotional vulnerability really is like, I, like not to quote Avatar, but basically I see you kind of thing. <laughs> no, really, really, let's not quote Avatar. Yeah, let's not quote Avatar. I'm pretty sure someone else said that, but it makes sense though. It's like, yeah. Uh, just to make sure that the stranger that walked into the room, you're you're aware. This is the 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 panel about the fun anal sex. And I'm excited. That up there on the board is me with a dragonborn dildo strapped I've to my face. I've already been told that it was a dragonborn dildo, and I'm I'm also still excited. Okay, I'm excellent. <laughs> we, we we had a question from another random stranger in the crowd, I think. Oh yes. <laughs> are we all random strangers? We are all, all random, random strangers. Random strangers, 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 strangers from Mars. Self identifying. So some of my promotional art has been similar to this. It's been a, um, it, it's mostly been, it's been that pole dancing, which I have to tell you is kind of difficult to draw because pole dancing is not a really static thing. So it's very hard to find a pose that doesn't look awkward prose. But I've, uh, I've done that. And also um, the uh, character artwork for the vocations is basically the fancy word for classes in the game. Uh, most of them are wearing um, various types of outfits. Some of them show more skin than others but n no gender is wearing more clothing or less clothing than the other. So it's pretty like, like basically there is a male with a midriff and there's a girl that's showing cleavage. So it's, it's pretty like even, even playing field as far as like how sexy their outfit is. And with the families, which is basically my version of races, um, all the uh, character art are pinups and they're all in, in, in underwear. That includes the males and the females. And they all, m most, and I believe all of them have a, have like a pretty like I'm you know cool with this smile on their face or like or like the, the that kind of face on their face. So do, do they all kind of uh, offer concepts of the ways that we express sexuality in gender, like 
receptiveness versus aggressiveness, those kind of things? Um, more like, I, I actually, just thinking it's more a ha like SAS scale. <laughs> because most of my artwork, while I do try and do women that are less endowed up here, and I do try and draw men with a little meat on their bones, I tend to be kind of androgynous when I draw. As you can see here, and I've already mentioned earlier um, during other discussions of Metatopia, so that's basically what I'm going for. Like, a, not quite genderless beauty, but. I had another friend who, actually, I don't know if he's ever said this to you, but who described the art style for Prism as genderfuck badass. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. Genderfuck badass. Yay! That so, makes you happy. I have a question. Okay, random stranger with awesome Hi, hair. Thank you. Not random stranger with amazing hair presenting towards us, for us. Um, so, regarding the pole dancing poses, are you using um, any? pole dancer, any particular pole dancers as a reference point uh, or, you know, something like that. I, the reason I ask is that a friend of mine uses pole dancing at, for fitness and she's amazing. Oh, um, oh God, that pole dancing's hard. I tried it once. I had bruises in places I didn't know I had bruises. She's gotten so buff that she can't wear women's shirts anymore because her arms have gotten so jacked. <laughs> and she's a tiny woman. Um, and so, like, I'm, I'm really interested to, do you use, do you use reference for pole dancing, or is it most, like, kind of what you would expect a body to be able to do around the pole? Um, uh, there are some poses I just made up, because mm -hmm. I, that looks like you could probably do that on a pole. <laughs> and some of them, because Facebook and Google are big brother, um, and YouTube, which is owned by Google, um, I've looked at pole dancing videos, and I would be like, that pose is, that pose is cool, and just pay the, play the pause game until I get the pose to the point where it looks like it could, it could look good static. And then finding out it doesn't, and then kind of like reworking it a bit so it does. Okay. Yeah, because I just, I love that she's and, climbing them. Yeah, there. and that, I made that one up, but it seems, it, it seemed, it seems correct. I've been to a class, I've, I've, I've watched many a YouTube pole dancing routines, and I also go to Pinterest for pinup. Um, references, nice. which is hard to do because a lot of um, pinups look exactly the same. Like this is like you know doing this or doing this or usually have their, you know, with their legs up. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to find d different ones that don't like all look samey same. Okay. So when you're drawing uh, sexy cuttlefish assassins, is there a specific cuttlefish visual reference that you use? Uh, no. I mean, I usually watch that. Um, <laughs> video of the, of the guy pretending to be like Morgan Freeman and doing a nature documentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I use Google for photos. Right. So, tone? Tone. Okay. So, for tone, um, basically, is I just make it as conversational as possible because um, using I don't want, actually, I don't want to use any games as an example because I feel like I'm like, on them and it's, it's fine. I just make it, I just try and make it like I'm, it's like I am, like the prison content, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. It's okay. The, Take a breath. The text in prism, I try and make it seem like a conversation, which is why I call the character gen the tea party. We're all sitting together, we're all discussing, okay, what kind of characters do we want? Do you want to have a boo? Do you want to find a boo later? Do you not want to have a boo? Do you want to do something else instead? So, um, and that also includes intimacy. And I say like, you know, intimacy is very important. 
Um, love is very important. Um, all um, consensual, like poly, polyamorous, monogamous, homosexual, it's all okay. Um, just basically just, establish it, just establishing a conversational to, uh, um, means of saying it's okay. You don't, this is not bad, <coughs> this is not dominant, this is not supposed to hurt anyone. You're just supposed to have sex with your partner, spoon with them, and then wake up the next day and take on more challenges together. Am I, I'm hearing that like expressing enthusiasm for what other people want as a sexual romantic concept in a game is kind of coincidental to the setup of the prison. Is that, is that what I'm saying right? Could you repeat that question? I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, expressing, so asking them questions about what they want to do, but then expressing enthusiasm? Yes. That's kind of what I heard. Enthusiastic consent. Yes. Enthusiastic consent. Enthusiastic consent. Very important. to start this game? That's really awesome. Actually, that was one of my favorite parts of the way you said that, because as soon as you said that, you're like, so do you want to have a boo? Do you not want to have a boo? Do you want to like have a boo that snuggles or maybe a boo that's like sexual? And all of a sudden it got to me like back to the conversation that we were earlier. If all of a sudden the weight is off of the player having to come in and be like, oh, I want to have a sexual encounter as a part of your role-playing game. <laughs> to please do the, not reject me. Please do not reject me. To having the mo game moderator, just like you said, tone, casual, just and especially the word boo. I love the word boo, especially the way you said it. Just being like, so you want to have a boo? You want to have a boo? Who wants to have a boo? <laughs> I think it makes it a lot easier. Random strangers were excited. Random strangers all want to have a boo. Um, so has, has that been your experience? Like by, having, by, by keeping it conversational and light like that, do you think it makes it easier for people to get enthusiastic and to I, start I think, exploring it? I think so, and since a lot of people that play the game know me, they're like, oh, Whitney is comfortable with sex, so if I want something specific, she won't be like, ew, that's gross, no, or she'll be like, okay, we can you know, try and work that in, you know, stuff like that. So is that also part of it, like playing with people and like maybe recommending people that would like a certain top style and type of play? Like, um. I don't necessarily recommend it to anybody, but I mean, I, I, I mean, and that's another reason why I post my artwork though, is I want them to know that it's okay to come to me if you want to have an intimate experience in a, in a role-playing game, because I'm, I'm totally down for that. Is that it? I think that was just applause. Oh. No, that, she, was, did, that was large oh, applause. Large okay. applause is confusing to okay. tabletop <laughs> players because we think you have, you have questions. Or have to do It's also confusing for a recording. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, so people recording, people are like making LARP applause, which is just confusing this entire process and disrupting my very orderly and formal panel process. Horrible. So random stranger in the crowd, you had your hand up. Yeah, I had a question. It wasn't jazz hands. But also applause. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, random stranger. This is so good. Um, so I think one of the reasons that we kind of touched on before the other random stranger kind of touched on before <laughs> about why people avoid um, sex and romance in games is because it's so like fraught out of game and your motivations are suspect and other people's motivations are suspect um, and a lot of um, you know like I'm often worried about lead either for myself or other players during um, high impact right. um, intimate games. Um, fortunately enough, uh, that hasn't been an issue in play, but I have been experienced of good bleed, bleh, good bleed and bad bleed, so I know that is a danger. So, um, 
while it's not explicitly um, mentioned in the rules, but I um, encourage, I mean, other than other safety mechanics that already exist, like the X card that maybe, or uh, or maybe not a random stranger in the crowd introduced into the gaming community, <laughs> is um, uh, just checking in with players and making sure everyone's okay. Do you think the tone thing maybe also helps with that? Because if you're having a light conversational tone, I mean, bleed is still possible. I think yeah. um, I've, I've had crazy bleed out of games that everybody else was like, oh no, it's just Golden Sky Stories, it's puppies and love, and I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna go cry in my room for an hour now. But <laughs> when you're not playing with weirdos like me, like, do you think the conversational tone and keeping things positive about your boo, do you think that could help? Or do you think, it, like, I don't know? Um, I'd like to think it does, but with strangers, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, if uh, I, I gauge their comfort level by how willing they are to open up intimately in game. But they don't have to. It's not a requirement. I'm not asking anyone to be like, okay, everyone, uh, you know, do the no pants dance immediately and find someone to spoon and start making out. It's like, it's whatever you want to do with your character in game. But you shouldn't feel ashamed to be like, I want a character that, you know, I've been married to for five years and we're like really in love and we've had our problems, we've worked through it and now we really want to have a baby, and that, that's okay. So two things, first off, I'm now going to make my next LARP be the first rule of the game is in the first five minutes, everybody has to take off their pants and do the no pants dance, and then I'm gonna tell everybody Whitney gave me the idea. Second, <laughs> we have five minutes left. Does anybody have a last round of questions for Whitney before we have to close down? Is it okay in prison not to have sex ever? Of course. Yeah, because not all the relationships are romantic ones. You could be brother and sister, you could be best friends, you could be people that have traveled five years together doing uh, missions, but that you you like them, but you never put them on Facebook. It's like you can have whatever kind of relationship you want, but it gives you the option to be intimate and romantic if you want to. Larp applause, larp applause. Larp applause, yeah. Larp applause. Let's do real applause, because this is the nice man telling us that we have five minutes. So, Whitney, a couple of points as we close down. The game is Prism. Where can we find you and find more about the game online? Um, I have a little blurb on um, LilloWitchProductions.com. I have a business card if you want it. I'm also on Facebook and Google Plus if you want to learn more. I have, I, I poke about both of them, post about, poke about, post about both of them semi-frequently. Um, I came here to play test it for hopefully the final time at Metatopia 2017 this year, and hopefully after that I can start with the layouts and artwork and then Kickstarter the fuck out of it because I've been spending five years on it. I don't, I don't when do we expect the Kickstarter? I don't know. <laughs> 2018? Yeah, hopefully 2018. 2018. Yes. Note to Jason, insert Whitney's link here. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously, he'll do it. I'm just so audio recording. He, uh, it's an audio recording, but it will be on the webpage, and Jason will put on the webpage a link to Whitney's uh, contact Facebook stuff. contact information. Jason, if you don't make this happen somehow, even though it's an audio recording, remember I know where you live. Okay. Thank you, everybody, all of you random strangers for coming out, and Whitney, thank you for this.